Well, good morning, Christchurch. Love to see you all, those of you who are joining us from home and those of you who are here present. Well, our reading this morning is from one of the least known Old Testament prophets, the prophet Zephaniah. That's a promising start, isn't it? Apparently, I kept on the 9.15 referring to him as Zechariah, but it's definitely Zephaniah. So, let's give it a go. Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. Zephaniah says, Sing, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and a reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who, are, who oppress you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray together. Father God, open our hearts to your word this morning, that it may flow through us like living water, bringing life and joy and fruitfulness. For your glory we pray. Amen. Well, how has this year been for you? How has it treated you? Christmas is truly upon us. In two weeks' time, you'll be eating leftover turkey. <laughs> then, after a quick rendition of Old Lang Syne, 2021 will be consigned to your memoirs. So how has your year been? Has it been good for you? Have you struggled? Lockdowns? Loss? immobility, ill health. I read this quote in The Guardian on Friday. It said, 2021, you just won't quit. Leave us alone, you wretched Annam. 2021, you just won't quit. Perhaps you identify with those sentiments. As I look back, I certainly have a sense of loss. In July, I broke my wrist, as you know, and I'm still living with tendon damage in my hand, so there's so much that I can't do. I have a real sense of loss. I've lost two close family members this year to COVID. Daily, I'm reminded of them as I act as their executor. 
I remember saying goodbye to my uncle in the COVID ward of Leicester Royal Infirmary, reading scripture and praying for him in his last hours as he moved from this life into the next. I remember holding my video phone so that other members of the family all around the world could say their goodbyes to him. Enormous sadness, loss, irreplaceable people have gone. Many of you have lost loved ones. The pain lives daily in those little reminders. 2021 has been a tough year. Indeed, it's two years since we first heard of COVID-19. Two years since we watched the Chinese government building a new hospital in Wuhan in just seven days. And the next thing that we knew, our exhibition centers were being turned into Nightingale hospitals. And we were told to stay at home. What has happened to our world? And what does the future hold? A month ago, we hadn't heard of Omicron. Now it's across all the headlines. Is history about to repeat itself? Have you felt your world being shaken? Maybe you've been trying to get medical support. And despite the miracles that the NHS performed day after day, somehow you struggle to get an appointment with your doctor. You feel neglected and abandoned, perhaps more alone than ever. Have tears become your companion? Sleep a distant memory? Has 2021 taken its toll? For some, God seems distant. The practice of joining together in worship is just a distant memory. We're alone physically. We're alone emotionally. We're alone spiritually. And we dread what tomorrow will bring. And so we turn to scripture to see what it has to say to us. And today, the lectionary gives us Zephaniah. So come on, Zephaniah, give us your best shot. Sing, daughter of Jerusalem. Shout aloud. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Really? Come on, Zeph, is that the best you can do? Sing, shout, be glad and rejoice. We need help. Being glib won't do it. Don't you know anything about our lives right now? Well, it wasn't a bed of roses for him either. The great, great grandson of good King Hezekiah, he'd grown up under the wicked reign of King Manasseh. The scriptures had been lost. Baal worship and idolatry were pervasive and child sacrifice was the norm. Within a generation, Nebuchadnezzar would take them all as captives to Babylon. You think we have it bad? He lived in a time when there was no hope. And yet, and yet we have this strange shaft of light, this beam of hope. Sing, shout, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Light in the darkness. 
Someone is calling us to sing and to shout when we don't feel like it. Someone is calling us to be glad and rejoice wholeheartedly when we feel depressed and afraid. In the days when Brentford were in the lower divisions of the Football League, I used to take my daughters to watch. It was a very cheap option. We rarely won. A bit like Bristol Rovers, but not yesterday. We were more likely to be behind, and the opposing fans would sing and taunt us. But occasionally, just occasionally, we would equalize, or we'd even take the lead. And the opposition crowd would fall silent. And somewhere in the back of our stands, you'd start to hear the fans chanting, you only sing when you're winning. You only sing when you're winning. And there's truth in that. Isn't that it? We only sing when we're happy. It isn't easy to sing and shout when we're losing, when things are not going well, because when we're not going well, we fall silent and we're stumped. But here is the key this morning. This is the takeaway. This is what we need to hear. Here is the reason to sing and shout and rejoice when our circumstances are difficult. We are not to look at our circumstances. We are to look through our circumstances. Through our circumstances to our coming deliverer. That's what Sephaniah shows us. We're not to look at, we're to look through. Zephaniah looked through his circumstances and he looked and he saw the deliverance of God. Though God seemed distant and soon they'd be exiled, this God, our God, is going to love them and he's going to delight in them and he's going to sing over them and he's going to protect them and he's going to give them hope. And so we get this great call in chapter 3 to sing and shout and be glad and rejoice. We can feel lost. We can feel frightened. We can feel devoid of encouragement. But the message is, lift up your eyes and look not at it, but through it. God is with you. God is fighting for you. God is on your side. So don't despair. You're not forgotten, you're not abandoned, you're not neglected. God in Christ comes to lift up your head and to give you hope. The facts don't give us cause for celebration, but faith looks through to see that God is with me. God is fighting for me, God is delivering for me, and that is the catalyst for rejoicing. And the scripture says it, Psalm 43 why you cast down, O my soul, hoping God, for yet I shall praise him. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. So as we look through our circumstances, what is our reason for rejoicing? Why sing, shout, and be glad? Well, I want to highlight three quick things. First is this, 
God delights in you. God delights in you. Zephaniah in verse 17 says, He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. If you feel a heavy heart, everything against you, take these words to heart. God's purpose is not to rebuke you, but to delight in you. Not to rebuke you, but to delight in you. Just feel the strength of that phrase for a moment. God delights in you. Let that sink in. Maybe your whole life you've been told that you're not good enough. God delights in you. You're not the guilty urchin skulking in the corner. You are his pride and joy. God delights in you. Like the face of the grandchild opening their treasured Christmas present, God delights in you. You are his treasured possession. So sing and rejoice because God delights in you. And secondly, God is changing you. God is changing you. His purpose is to make you more like him. His purpose is to change you. Through your circumstances, he wants you to know him and to trust him and to be more like him and to be changed by him. He doesn't want you to see your difficulties as a burden to be borne, but as a conduit through which you know his love. They are to draw you closer, that he might change you, teach you, refine you. He's the great potter molding you into his image, into the person he wants you to be. And though through your circumstances, he draws you to himself and he changes you. So sing and rejoice, because not only does he delight in you, but he changes you. And thirdly, we rejoice because he has called you. Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. God didn't endure the cross not to have you by his side. He suffered for you, he died for you, and now he calls you. This is love, true love, unmerited love, godly love. In verse 15, Zephaniah says, he has taken away your punishment. The cross has paid the price. Your guilt, your shame, it's gone. You're free and he calls you to come. That's why we sing and shout. That's why we're glad and rejoice. He delights in us. He's changing us and he calls us. So we see that our reason to sing is not because of our circumstances, and there's no better place to see this than in the New Testament with Paul and Silas in the Philippi jail in Acts chapter 16. They'd healed a girl of an evil spirit, and we read in verse 22 that the crowd joined in the attack, the attack on Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. 
And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. So why at midnight were Paul and Silas not asleep? Why were they praying and singing? Just imagine what a severe flogging would have looked like. Can you imagine the wounds on their backs? They would have been unable to lie down. And had they been able to lie down, they couldn't do anyway. They were shackled in stocks. Their circumstances were not conducive to singing. And yet, and yet, despite being in jail, despite having their legs in stocks, despite having been flogged to the bone, yet they are singing. And their singing is a witness. It's a witness to the other prisoners who were in much the same circumstance. It's a witness to the jailer who in the ensuing earthquake nearly lost all his prisoners and therefore that would have been his life too. And it's a witness to us as we read scripture. They stood out in their circumstances. And as we sing and shout and rejoice in God, we are witnessing to the transforming power of God in our lives and in our circumstances. Our circumstances may be no different to those around us. Yet as we look through them to the wonder of God's love, we are caused to rejoice. Singing is not an option, it's an obligation. Singing is not an emotional response, it's a deliberate choice. And it's not about the tune in your mouth, it's about the attitude of your heart. It's a daily decision to yield to Christ, to walk in his light, to reflect his glory in our words and our deeds, and yes, even to sing with our lips. Next year may not be better than this year, but will we still be singing? You may know the Rat Matt Redmond song. He writes, whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. And so Zephaniah says to us, Sing, daughter of Zion, shout aloud, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to lift up our eyes and to know your fatherly presence and care. We know that your heart delights in us, even though we feel so unworthy of your love. 
we have failed you, we have taken our own path, and yet you have sought us out and called us back and in Christ forgiven us. And we pray that you would put a new song in our heart, one that responds to your delight in us, one that responds to your love to us, one that responds to your calling in our lives. May we truly be singing when the evening comes. For your glory we pray. Amen. <laughs>